All right. But I'm so right. I'm so lucky to be interviewed by the two of you, uh, Rob and Trish. We're lucky to you, have you. Yeah. Yeah, you are the gurus. You are the ones that are making it happen, and have been making it happen for twenty years on this topic. Yeah. So well, I, I'm, I'm we, very. We write, we write stories, Philip. You know, and uh, that's that's the focus of our work. You know, the the. Well, you write stories, but your concept books as well. You know, the yeah, seven yeah, that's true. secrets right. of synchronicity yeah. and all. Of, they're so good that you've been doing this longer than any of us. Yeah. So to me, you're you're right there at the top of the field. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. At least somebody <laughs> thinks we are, Rob. <laughs> yeah. How can anybody not when you look at what you guys do? It's just. Yeah. Trish and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secret of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our upcoming book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's new novel, White Crows, will be also coming out this year. And I have been slowly releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Our guest today is Philip Murray, the author of The Nine Keys of Synchronicity, a book that grew out of his PhD research. Dr. Murray is a British native who lives in Singapore. He has led workshops and leadership training for more than four decades and has addressed major world corporations and organizations in 61 countries. Philip is the only person with the Grounded Theory PhD in synchronicity and leadership. Welcome, Philip. Welcome, Philip. Great to like be here. You're in the wild. For, <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Yes, I've got the the night uh, the the falls behind me. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, so you're about 12 hours ahead of us, I guess. You're you're We're in now the- uh, eight o'clock in the morning here okay. in Singapore. All right. Okay. So we're we're talking to you in our future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Your new book, The Nine Keys of Synchronicity, grew out of your PhD research. So tell us about what's involved in getting a doctorate in synchronicity. Wow. Such a big question. Um, <laughs> well, there are two answers there's a technical answer and there's a, a passion answer. Um, I study topics and get involved in topics that really, really interest me. So at the ripe old age of 64, I think, I began my PhD. Simply because so many synchronicities had happened to me, and I said, I want to get to the bottom of this, and I want to be able to teach this in my leadership seminars uh, as I move forward. So, I mean, in, in, in a technical sense, Trish, you simply apply 
And if they accept your your topic, then you're good. Oh, okay. Um, so That's I was great. accepted at a university in their uh, social development um, field area. And I just specifically said, what I want to study is synchronicity and, and leadership. So once oh. they accept that, then, then you're good. Um, and it's important to be able to have the understanding of your supervisor because there are many supervisors who really don't understand how synchronicity fits into <laughs> any materialist, you know, uh -huh. logical philosophy. Right. So, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm interested. Sorry, Rogan. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. The the academic view of uh, synchronicity is uh, something that you know they might consider it. Uh, what is it? Confirmation bias. Uh, Yes, that, yes. That a term that and, I, and I did I did stuff on confirmation bias, but it's more than that, Rob. I mean, let me give you the true story. I actually applied to the first university, a prestigious UK university, and left after two years hmm. because they didn't understand the concept behind what I was trying to say, and then found a university that had a supervisor that believed in synchronicity. Uh, and it went so much better. <clears throat> so when you're looking at how to choose a university, if anybody is, make sure that your university is fully on board with the topic itself. Right. Yeah. So as part of your uh, research, you interviewed 27 global executives from 17 countries about synchronicity. What yes, kind of I did. And, and here's one of the most interesting things to begin with. When I talked to my supervisors about... Obviously, I wanted to do field research. My intention was to say, what is it that facilitates synchronicity? And I asked my supervisor, how should I find these people? You know what he said? He said, use your synchronicity. Oh, that's, interesting. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> use the very methodology of the topic that you're studying. So literally over a period of time, uh, I looked around the world. I was traveling through the States at the time and found individuals that were interested the first group was the group of women global leaders. Okay. Uh, I was working with them over a period of time. My wife and I were working with them. Um, and this is a major international organization. And we literally, over a period of time, looked at asking them what facilitated synchronicity. Ah. Uh, and at some point, and Trish, you'll be interested in this, I, I would want to do further study about are men or women more aligned to really be in touch with synchronicity? Mm. And, and I tell you, working with these women as a group of 18 women was like plucking fruit from a tree. Jeez. Yeah. They were so aligned with the topic and understood the topic and gave me great stories and ideas. So that ah. was the group part, uh, Rob. <clears throat> and then what I did was chose seven individuals all of them global leaders, some with corporations, some on their own, um, and obviously chose them knowing that already they had some understanding of synchronicity. Okay. Hmm. And, and so literally just asked them, and I've got 200 pages of the interview that I did with them, literally said, what do you think facilitates synchronicity? Uh -huh. Huh. Okay. You, well, one of, your, one of my favorite stories from your book is the manifestation of $15,000. You qualify it as an out-of-the-blue event, key number one. Explain that one, Philip. 
Well, what's important to me, Trish, is that, and you know this, Trish and Rob, so many people want to confine synchronicity to the spiritual world or right. the you know, psychic world. I'm very, very conscious of wanting to show how it manifests with practical things. And so this is literally a situation where I, at 10 minutes before 4, here in Singapore, I looked at my books, as every manager of their own company has to do, I'm short $15,000 for this month. Mm. Fact. And I said, how do I find $15,000? 10 minutes later, I had a, a world guru in culture, cultural issues, uh, call me and said, Philip, I've got a session next week in Beijing. The company wants us to do a session next week in Beijing. Are you free? Yes, I'm free. Uh, and then he said, guess what? The money is good. It's $15,000. Wow. Right down so, to the penny. <laughs> it, it, within 10 minutes of me wanting that, it happened. Now, how does it happen? God knows. <laughs> and what I think is important, a lot of people want to be very precise and say, this is exactly what synchronicity is. It's this, it's this, it's this, uh -huh. it's this. Synchronicity essentially is a mystery. Mm -hmm. We try to understand what we think is behind it these days, God, quantum physics, whatever it might be, and I explore all of those things. But when you ask me, how does this happen, I just have the answer, sometimes in your life, you need stuff and it turns up. Yeah. And so That's my true. explanation of the 15,000, uh, A, <laughs> it means you synchronicity kind of gets involved in the practical day-to-day -day stuff like you need money. Why it mm -hmm, happens, right. at the end of the day, we don't really understand. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's, absolutely it's a mystery. True. Yeah. So you mentioned a very interesting synchronicity involving Winston Churchill, and I've never heard of this one. Uh, it's interesting. Can you talk well, about it that? Comes, it comes, Rob, from a book, and I, I don't know, you know, again, what's behind it, why it happened. It came from one of his great biographers, uh, Man, a guy called Manchester, uh, and it comes from the book he wrote on Winston Churchill. Uh, and so literally Winston Churchill was at school uh, and he's wanting to get to the next level in terms of a higher grade to be able to do more sophisticated studies. Uh, and he had an exam. Uh, and one of the exams was to be able to talk knowledgeably about a particular country. They didn't know which country it was. So that evening he actually put lots of names of countries in a box and drew one of them out. It was New Zealand. And then he spent the rest of that night studying everything that he could about New Zealand. And guess what? The following day when they said, oh, God, the country we're choosing is New Zealand. Now, oh, God. <laughs> again, synchronicity. This happens to so many of us, right? But uh, And I guess what I want to do is normalize synchronicity mm -hmm. to be an everyday normal situation. Now, how did that help Winston Churchill? I really don't know. But it allowed him to go to a higher level in his studies and opened all sorts of doors for him, I presume, in his own life. Mm -hmm. So look, search, uh, Rob, for the book one. by Manchester, uh, autobiography Manchester. Of, um, of Winston Churchill. Excluded there. Okay, cool. Okay. So key two is called connecting the dots and is about interpreting the uh, the message any synchronicity conveys. 
You have a cool story about a freedom fighter's dream that related to a past life and that uh, okay. played out in real life the next day. L let me back up a little. Um, okay. What I wanted to do here, Rob, is as much as possible was not just to tell lots and lots more stories. I think uh -huh. we're at a stage in synchronicity studies when we need to begin to have a system and a model as much as we can, because remember, synchronicity is always going to be mysterious. But I wanted to chart <coughs> what the 27 people said about what causes it. And so the first three keys are to do with the day-to-day -day of how it happens. And so mm -hmm. the first key is all about notice unusual things that happen in your life and seem to come together. The second key is connect the dots, meaning something happens to you and then connect the dots is, what is all this about? So this particular story, I was there in Singapore minding my own business and talking to my financial advisor. Interesting, money again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I hadn't remembered that, it's money again. Uh, and I was saying to him as we were just chatting and saying, how are you? Uh, I said, yeah, well, I'm good. Last year, last week was my 66th birthday. Nothing other than it's my 66th birthday. And the night before, I'd had a dream. And my dream said I was a freedom fighter in some country somewhere fighting against the king to ensure <laughs> that people were free. So ah. that's all I said to him. 66, I was 66 last week. And last night, I had a dream about a freedom fighter. At that precise moment, I looked to my left. And there was a guy walking past me who had on the back of his T-shirt 66 Freedom Fighter. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's the very incredible. words that I just used. Now, fortunately, I had my wits about me, and I chased after this guy, didn't talk to him, took a picture of this T-shirt, which, which I've got. And actually, the picture is, is in my upcoming book. So to me, when stuff happens to us, and it happens to all of us all the time, the first thing to say is, What's that all about? Mm -hmm. yeah. And try to figure out connecting the dots of what's going on in your life. Now, my interpretation, it took me a day or two to really understand what this was about. 66, the week before my birthday, I'd submitted my dissertation for review. Now, six in the Chinese language and majority Chinese here in Singapore, six means luck. So six and six means double luck. Wow. So I took that to mean, so here's me connecting the dots. I took that to mean that I would be lucky in the presentation of my dissertation and it would be approved. Huh. Oh, Freedom Fighter was more difficult to think about, but has really become a keystone. What I think we're about, Rob and Trish and me, in the study of synchronicity is to enable people really to understand what they're about in their life. Many leaders, many organizations don't believe in synchronicity. <clears throat> and they are constrained by the Newtonian way <clears throat> of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. By the Newtonian way of looking at the world. And when I teach my seminars <clears throat> on synchronicity, people say to me after they hear what I say, that makes me so free. Mm. So Freedom Fighter, I took to be my life mission to enable to be people to be free of the Newtonian logical constraint that oh, stops great. them seeing things. Yeah. 
Philip, like you're, you're 66 freedom fighter synchronicity reminds me of my 666 yeah. Zen, <laughs> Zen synchronicity. Oh, uh, I didn't, I don't know that, Rob. Okay. Okay. So I was taking two friends that I had met overseas, uh, actually one of them overseas, uh, to the Miami airport. She's a Norwegian woman staying okay. uh, with Great. us for a, a while. And uh, her friend, who is like a, a minister of like a new age church in Negril, Jamaica, uh, for a while. Right, and right. He, he was right. in South Florida with her. And so I was taking them to the Miami airport. And we got into this spiritual conversation on the way. And it, it just became very intense. It's almost like my body was vibrating with the intensity, it, not an angry intensity, just just an intense spiritual uh things that were going around between us, among us. And suddenly a car walk went past, past us and the license plate said Zen 665. And wow. the, the man, uh, I can't think of his name now. He said, wouldn't it be interesting if we now saw Zen 666? Now, two <laughs> minutes later, a car went by Zen 666. Wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it was just... It just seemed to fit, but it was so startling. And then like two, two to three years later, I was at home in my neighborhood, 50, 60 miles from where we saw that car. And that car, it actually was another car, but with the same license plate, Zen 666 wow. went by me. <laughs> you know? wow. Bob tells that one all the time. It's yeah. a great story. <laughs> it's a but great I, story. It, really, it is. Because... And it leads me to something else, uh, Rob. I mean, we said we'd kind of see where this yeah. led us as we're talking. But you see, there is that notion, and this was uh, re recognized by Pauli, who worked mm -hmm. with Carl Jung, who said that inanimate objects also have a vibration. Whenever Pauli went into a u university laboratory, right. all the machines would stop or go haywire. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it was so strong that it became known as the Pauli effect. Now, wh why I'm mentioning this is that I love old cars because I love the energy that I can see in old cars. And I had a beautiful old Rover car in the UK when I lived there. Uh, and one weekend I was traveling away for a, a weekend holiday. And on England, we drive on the left side of the road, right? So I'm now driving on the left side of the road, but noticing I need petrol. <laughs> Many petrol stations on the left side of the road that I could just easily pull, pull into. I didn't. I came around the corner, and there was a petrol station on the right-hand side of the car, and the car seemed to turn by itself into that station to fill up with petrol. thought no more about it. The guy filling my car with petrol said, how long have you had this car? I said, oh, a couple of months. He said, did you buy it from a guy in Brighton? I said, yes, I do. I did. He said, I know this car. This car, I serviced this car all of its life. And then he said, it knows its own way to this petrol station. Wow. <laughs> I believe it. What are the chances, right? And so these little things in life are fun, like your, your Zen story. To me, they just are reminders. <clears throat> when people say to me, why do we study synchronicity? Surely it's just old wives tale. It's illogical. I say we study synchronicity because it continues to happen. Yeah. And it might be little things like this and, and it might be big things. So also, don't you think, Philip, that um 
part of synchronicity tends to happen to people who are open to it. You know, like the, the, the old story about Michael Shermer, the skeptic, you know, so against yeah, synchronicity. Yeah, and then yeah. he experiences one with his wife at his wedding. You know, I mean. Well, Trish, I think you're right, but I also think you're wrong. Uh-huh, I do um, too. Simply because it, it's logical, isn't it? Meaning that if you are more open to understanding this energy system, yes, it's going to come your way more often. And that is true. I have noticed that those of us who actually say, wow, that was interesting, let me pursue that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, and also in my PhD, I asked people what state they were in when synchronicity happened. And they said, well, I was in a meditative state, I was in an open state, I was in a calm state, etc., etc." So everything that you said is absolutely true. <laughs> However, there are lots of examples of synchronicities happening to people who don't believe in it. Right. <clears throat> and to people that are in a, I mean, I've had synchronicities happen to me when I'm in no open meditative state or whatever, and they just, boom, come out of the blue. So I think broadly you are correct. Uh, and what I found from the answers that I got from the people I interviewed was that if you just shrug your shoulders and say, ah, just coincidence, yeah. then, yeah, it doesn't happen so much. You've got to be attuned and begin to be aware of and say, what the heck was that all about? Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. But it's just that they've happened so much to people who don't believe in this stuff uh, to make me also think that somehow they seek you out uh -huh. when you need them. A wake-up call. Yeah. Does that but make sense, Trisha? Yeah, it does. But isn't it true, Philip, though, that when you're in a dramatic situation, uh, a change in your lifestyle, uh, something, uh, a divorce, a marriage, a the child being moments. born, pivotal moments, th that they're more likely to happen and so major ones can happen at, at that time. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, uh, and you two have written about this so well, especially in your seven secrets of synchronicity. Uh -huh. I think, right. Yeah. right. Mm -hmm. There are situations and times in life when things are changing. Uh, and what I've noticed is that particularly when I'm traveling to a new country uh -huh. or when I'm in a large two-day conference, it's as if my whole environment has changed. So something switches on my synchronicity-seeking mm -hmm. laser. We've also noticed, and, and again, you two know this, that when somebody dies, when you get married, when you're in a new job, so new situations seem to attract synchronicity more than others. And I put that down, Rob, to somehow your, your brain is wiped clean. You've got none of your normal reminders in your normal environment. So when that happens, then you're more open to noticing the, the new and the unusual. See, I'm so, wondering if that, that's actually, I think, what happened with Shermer. He was getting married when he experienced this, this synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. would, yeah, that makes sense. So that yeah, was, and, and, and again, the, the, the important thing is not to kind of say, ah, there's a logical reason for this, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. It's just noticing. So, so in, my, in my research with these global executives, again, I came up with the nine keys of synchronicity. 
Are they 100% correct? Obviously not. But what we need to be able to do is to be open to say, it looks as if when you are experiencing something new and unusual, a new environment, a new situation in your life, somehow synchronicity seems to come calling mm -hmm. in those situations. So true. Yeah. I think just an explanation about Sherman for people, listeners who may not know what that story is, his uh, wife is from Germany and she, uh, she nobody in her family was able to be uh, with her for her wedding. Mm. And, but she did have a, an old radio that her grandfather who had passed on had given her and it had never worked, but on that day of the the wedding, like an hour before, the radio suddenly came on playing this love songs, and uh, she heard it, he heard it, and at least one a third person heard it, and it, it played for about an hour, and after that, it never played again. They could never get that radio <laughs> to play again. <laughs> and, and it was um, it was one of her grandfather's favorite songs, right? Right, right. Yes. So that yeah. made it even more kind of spine right. chilling. Yeah, yeah. Now, you see, it's interesting because what I'm about, I'm, I'm a logical, straightforward person, but I also have my spiritual urges and, and urge to mystery. What I'm about and trying to do is to make these events ordinary. Mm -hmm. So instead of like when the radio started playing and never played again, people say, wow, that's synchronicity. That's this crazy, unusual thing. I want people to actually look at those events in their lives and say, oh, synchronicity is here. I wonder what it yeah. has to say. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> so often in, in the stories, and you and I know this, Patricia, with the people that, that, that we talk to, mm -hmm. is it's almost as if we want it to be mysterious as opposed to make it every ordinary, everyday happening. Right. And I think that's one of the most important things. This next stage, I think, in synchronicity that I think those of us who study are in, we don't need any more stories. Yeah, we know true. it happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. We know it happens. Now let's just begin to see how we can enable it to happen more often. Yeah. yeah. How you can wish for a synchronicy and it's there. Yeah. It's like yeah, your, yeah. yeah, like yeah, your 15,000, so. Philip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love your key four, which is celebrate awe. Uh, I don't think we do this enough. Tell yeah. us about key form. Well, I've got some great stories with that one. There are two aspects to it, Tricia. I think um, key number four, celebrate synchronicity, is about just being grateful. When these amazing things happen, it makes people say, "What are the chances?" Yeah. Uh, and what I want to promote is people just to feel good about somewhere, somehow, the universe has your back. Mm -hmm. And there's a word for it called pronoia. I don't know pronoia? if you know the word pronoia. Uh, oh, uh, go uh, look at this. This uh, Pronoia is a policy in the Roman times that the state gave you gifts. Uh, Suddenly oh, out of okay. the blue, so you've got an inheritance, you've got a piece of land uh, or whatever it might be, and they called it pronoia, and it's the opposite to paranoia. <laughs> paranoia, paranoia meaning the world is out to get you. Right. Pronoia meaning the world has your back. All right. 
Uh, like that. And, and I think that, that I, I talk about this a little bit in my book. I, I, I want people to to get that sense of that there is a way of accessing a positive energy that somehow has your back. I don't know whatever way mm. to put it. That there is that. Now, can we prove that one hundred percent? No, we can't. But we can say synchronicity intervenes in somebody's life uh -huh. like an energy force when they need. And it seems that that has happened to you uh, because of synchronicities uh, related to missed uh, flights that uh, may have yeah. saved your life. Can you talk yeah, about that? I mean, and, and, and again, you emphasize, I'm studying this topic not as an academic. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leadership team consultant. And I'm studying it because these crazy things happen in my life that helped me. One day in Singapore, uh, I was here doing a seminar with General Electric. Uh, and that was Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and No, sorry, just Monday. And on Wednesday, I was doing Los Angeles to do another seminar. Uh, and there was a flight from Singapore to Los Angeles on the Monday evening, which would get me into LA on Tuesday and give me a day ready for the seminar. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I said to my client here in Singapore, um, is it possible that we could work through lunch and I can finish at four o'clock so I can catch the 6.30 flight to LA? The client, General Electric, said, <laughs> we'd rather not, Philip. People are getting a great deal from the seminar. In fact, we'd actually like you to finish at six, not four. I said, mm -hmm. okay, fair enough. So I finished at six uh, and then woke up the following morning. I was gonna fly uh, on that Tuesday but woke up that morning to hear in the news the Singapore flight to LA the night before had crashed in Taipei with a loss of 80 lives. Wow. Now, what did you feel? Goes, well, God, I just <laughs> kind of felt this awe, as you say, key for uh -huh. celebration. I just got down on my knees and prayed to God or whoever you want to pray to. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I would have been in business class, uh, and a majority of people who were killed were in business class. It still doesn't mean that I would absolutely have died, uh -huh. but I sure was hell very, very grateful for that. Uh -huh. the, the other story, uh, Rob, I was saved from potential, potential catastrophe by choosing to spend money on a lounge suite for my house. So my wife and I had been thinking about going to Phi Island in Thailand for Christmas. Uh, and the same amount of money that we were going to spend on the holiday, we needed a new lounge suite. And so at the end of the day, we said, okay, let's go for the lounge suite. That was the Christmas where the tsunami happened. Oh, wow. And mm. many, many people on Phi Island, it's a small spit of land uh -huh. near to Phuket, were killed. Jeez. Now, again, I can't put my hand on my heart and say that would have happened to us, mm -hmm. but a lot of people from PP Island were, were killed. So mm -hmm. I think, again, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because when you present this evidence to academics, as I've done, they are skeptical. Say, no, no, you can't say that's true. So all I can say is I'm just glad that I didn't take that flight. Right. I'm just glad that I didn't go to PP Island because who knows? it could have saved my life. Huh. So, so there is this protecting, guiding aspect. When synchronicities happen, so many people say, this helped and guided me 
to make a decision that really, you know, save save my life. And you, a lot of people say this. Don't you think there also are warning synchronicities? You know, where yeah, where yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think so. I think there are. That synchronicity doesn't always give you what you want. Right. Um, one of my executives that I interviewed for my PhD, uh, <clears> he said, <throat> Philip, this synchronicity happened to me, but I'm not sure whether you would call it synchronicity because it meant that I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it. Uh, and he was absolutely clear he wanted a leadership job in Singapore to be promoted to head of the Singapore office, and that would be perfect for him in his career. Uh, the company came and said, sorry, your next assignment is South Africa. Huh. And he was so fed up and mad about that, uh, and he felt that was an intervention, but it was negative. But actually, he came back to Singapore 10 years later and said, had I been given the job 10 years ago, would not have been good. Hmm. I actually came and got the job when I needed it and when I was ready for it. Huh. So... Again, one might not call that synchronicity, but but it's kind of like saying, look at the events in your life right. and <clears throat> see what it is that they are giving to you. And he called that a synchronicity, he said, because it meant that I came, I wouldn't have been ready for the job 10 years ago. I would have done it badly, but I came back to it 10 years later mm. at a time when I was absolutely ready. And he thought that was synchronicity. So that that implies that there's, what am I trying to say here? Almost like a foreknowledge within the consciousness of synchronicity. You know, in other words. Is it the consciousness of synchronicity or the consciousness of the person? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. That, I mean, that, it's, that opens I mean, the question. This, this, this is interesting, folks, because I know we're going to talk about quantum physics later. But if we now know, as every credible quantum physicist knows, that the world is organized according to quantum physics and quantum mm -hmm. energy and quantum entanglement. That means that all around us is an energy system and we are part of that energy system. Right. So this whole notion of is this energy synchronicity inside of us or is it out there? In quantum physics, there is no inside us and out there. It's all We're actually all involved in this mm -hmm. field. Surrounding all three of us right now is the field of quantum energy in which we are involved. So I, I kind of try to, these days, move away from this notion that something's in us or something's or out there. Uh -huh. There is no difference. It's all one energy system in which we are emerged. Hmm. Does that make sense, Trish? I like that. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. And, and that's, I mean, it, with, with my book, that's what I'm trying to do most of all, is actually to say, you know, I'm not a physicist, but what I've read, and I've read extensively about quantum physics and quantum entanglement, what I'm trying to say is that the world has an energy system, mm -hmm. and the physical part of us is 0.99% of who we are. The majority of who we are is 99.1% quantum energy. Um, and so if that is true, it, it's like saying, okay, I need to decide what to do next uh, in this particular seminar, and I'm not sure about this particular technique. It's as if I can actually reach out 
into the energy that's around me because I'm part of it, and that answer will come to me. Because we're all one system. Right. One separate. Yeah, I like that. That makes Yep. <laughs> but it's new and it's different. And I, and I think we, we, you guys have been studying this longer than anybody in the world, I think. Um, <laughs> I think we're in a situation we are helping be midwife to this notion that the quantum entanglement and quantum connection between all beings, synchronicity is, is the midwife to wow. that notion. I love right. that idea. And and how do you see the connection between synchronicity and psychic abilities? Do people who have psychic abilities have more synchronicities? Do you think, or is it uh, is it not really a, a? It's not really considered to be a psychic ability itself. It's more like an umbrella, because yeah. a synchronicity can be can see uh, an individual synchronicity can be seen as a. Telepathy, it could be mm -hmm. seen as precognition and synchronicity yeah, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's such a good question, <clears throat> Rob. What I think I'm trying to do is to make synchronicity understandable and accessible to all of us, yeah. not just academics or not just those people who think right. is it psychic, is it precognition, is it whatever. I kind of want to break down all of those notions. Because when you say to people, is it about psychic, people run a mile. Because yeah. they say, oh, no, I don't want to be a psychic, that's spooky. <laughs> what I just want to say is that there's an energy system in the world that has your back. Mm -hmm. And you are aware of it and are connected with it. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, when we're talking to academics especially, there is a field called psychic studies. And yes, synchronicity belongs in the field of psychic studies. Mm -hmm. But I almost want to demystify or take away the labels mm -hmm. and, and just say there's an energy system in the world that has your back. Yeah, sometimes I like that. Sometimes you're aware of it and sometimes you aren't. Mm -hmm. But yes, Rob, you, I, I think you're absolutely right. It, it is a, a psychic ability, um, but I try not to dwell there too long when I'm talking to people about it. Does that make sense, Rob? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I understand where you're coming from also that uh, because it, it is something that anybody can experience and everybody experiences it if they're open to it and aware of it. Uh, well, otherwise, let, let, me go, let me go further, Rob. It is something that everybody has experienced and has mm -hmm. had benefit them in their lives. We just don't call it synchronicity. We're yeah. just not aware that it's something <clears throat> to do with quantum physics or whatever it is. If yeah. you go back, and, I, and I, when I'm teaching and I teach at conferences and do seminars on this, when you present the information to people, I sometimes see a stunned look on their faces oh. <laughs> as they say, but this has happened to me all my life. I, I've kind of wanted something and it came right. my way. Yeah. And so I like to kind of, I don't know what the word is, guys, but to help people think about this is not something special or new or uh -huh. different that you've not experienced and you've got to have skills to develop and experience it. I ask people to look back yeah. in their lives and say, tell me some of the stuff that's happened to you that just seemed to come your way without you doing anything. Mm -hmm. So if you help people understand this is something they already do and have already done in their lives, then it's much easier to get it moving. And I often say to people, 
tell me how you made the choice to choose the partner you got married to. Uh-huh. And most people will say, he or she just came my way. She just seemed to be the one. And so my explanation and trying to understand that is to say, if there is an energy in the world that has your back and you are involved in this soup of energy and not separate from it, then of course, when your intentions are clear, that energy will bring to you what you've already got. And once people realize, and I get them to go back and share with each other an incident that happened where synchronicity was at play or they got what they wanted, once they are clear, this has already and always been guiding them much easier to accept it. Whereas if we say, ah, this is about your psychic abilities, let me teach you how to access your psychic yeah. abilities, it's kind of like a barrier. But yeah. if people know that they already have it and have been using it all their lives, and then it's, it just feels easier for them to grow it. You give, that sense, yes, that does. I have a question about how you teach this. When, when you're teaching <laughs> about this, do you say, okay, do you define synchronicity for them? Yes. Or you do? Okay. I wasn't sure. Yes, but I, I define it in a very matter-of-fact way, Patricia, because um, <clears throat> if you make it too complicated, then they think, oh, I've got to learn yeah. this academic right. topic and definition, blah, 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 blah. I, I just say to them, have you ever have stuff turn up out of the blue in your <laughs> lives and you didn't do anything to cause it? Yeah. That's, That's basically the definition. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Uh, and when you say teach, I have a particular take on the word teach. The role of a teacher, facilitator, trainer, whatever you want to call it, is to help people uncover what they already know. Yeah, that's great. There's so many people want to teach this stuff because they feel, you know what professionals do, they want to make the rules of joining the profession difficult mm -hmm. and they've got all sorts of concepts, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, yeah. then you can join our club. I, I want people to realize they're already incredible attractors of synchronicity. So my nine keys, although they are based on what my research, field research heard from my participants, I wanted to make them as simple as possible to let people know this was something they're already doing. Uh -huh. You've got one, uh, to live hope and possibility, key seven. I love yeah, that one yeah. too. That's like the awe. <laughs> well, um, just to get clear for your, for your listeners, uh, we've got three keys which are about how to attract it in the day-to-day, -day, what happens in the day-to-day. -day. We've got three keys which are what I call integration of synchronicity into your life and three keys which are mindsets. Mm -hmm. And I chose to put the mindsets last uh, and live hope and possibility. I think it's key number seven, right? Yeah, anyway, live hope, live hope and possibility. I've noticed that when people have the notion that I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, that would never happen to me, life always gives you lemons, uh -huh. and therefore you, lemons you either make into lemonade or you just disregard because they're uh, you know, not nice. So hope and possibility is about saying, and I try this every day when I wake up, I say something could happen today which could change my life advantageously 
for the good. Hmm. Because human beings live in survival mentality. Yeah. I mean, COVID. Think about COVID. Yeah. I've just recovered from COVID. I have to tell you, the last week, I had lots of survival mentality thoughts. <laughs> because as human I know exactly beings, what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, Trish. As human beings, we are primed to make sure we survive. But when you're in that mode, meaning I've got to take care of what's mine, I've got to protect myself, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, that's not an openness and an open state to be ready for synchronicity. And so sometimes this is this comes easily. I'll wake up some days and say the life is wonderful. It's full of so many possibilities. Like today is a great day. Why? Because I'm talking to you two. You know, <laughs> you, you two are the top of this field and, and it's such a privilege to call you friends and we've known each other for a while. This puts me in a good mood as I, as we finish this seminar, this, this talk, I'll go out and say, anything could happen. Yeah. <laughs> but if I begin the day thinking, oh my God, <clears throat> COVID could get worse. This could happen. This could happen. <laughs> Somehow. That sets the tone for the day. Exactly. Because yeah. if you don't do that, you close down your openness to these mm -hmm. things happening. Yeah. Philip, um, there's a proliferation of people calling themselves life coaches now. It's almost like a new job category. And but but you've been at like a life coach for 40 years, right? I mean, in working with people in leadership uh, roles. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a certified family and marriage counselor. Okay. So 1972, when some of your listeners weren't even alive, I was certified uh, as a family counselor. Mm -hmm. And really, that's been with me for my whole life. I do a lot of training, but also a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and I have to tell you, Rob, I don't sit very well with all of these different categories of different <laughs> coaches. Is it coaching? Is it counseling? Is it life coach? Is it executive? Yeah, I just help people. And you can pay issues they have. Right, you can pay five or ten thousand dollars to take this series of. Uh, online courses and then you become a life coach after three months or whatever <laughs> well well it's interesting because i actually i train team coaches okay. and i've trained team coaches in the belvin team profiling for 25 years and so again are there skills to being a coach yes of course there are but if you make it too narrow then you kill the whole thing right. Some of the best coaches, some of the best co life coaches could be your, your village store owner mm. or your, whoever it might be. So, yes, there are skills, and yes, I think we develop them. And um, I'm particularly now uh, developing uh, being a synchronicity coach. Mm. Okay. Meaning help people yeah, be aware of stuff that happens and so they can happen more. Are you finding that's that? YouTube been doing. You two have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. But we Are don't you... get in front of groups like you do. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. <laughs> we, we stay behind well, and, our and, and it's about, Trisha, it's <laughs> about saying <clears throat> anything that happens, it's about saying, why has this come my way uh -huh. at this time? Uh, and so one of the questions that's not there, but I just wanted to share this, is that if you think in your life, that there is a way of learning and growing of things that just come your way out of the blue. I remember saying to myself, so one of the ways I think to, to accelerate synchronicity is have a strong intention 
mm-hmm. of what it is that you want. And so I remember saying to myself one day, you know, I think it would be good if people were, when we're doing training to be open to synchronicity and other things, to be in a natural setting, mm-hmm. to be out in nature. Mm-hmm. That was Monday here in Singapore. Tuesday, I got an email from a bank in South Africa. Philip, uh, we'd like you to come and facilitate a leadership training on the, using the skills of fly fishing. Wow. <laughs> and we'd like you to run this next to a lake in the middle of a forest outside Johannesburg. Wow. <laughs> now, Monday, we need more training <clears throat> external natural settings. Tuesday, I'm contacted by somebody I've never <laughs> talked to before, a major bank, saying we'd like you to run this in the natural setting. Next thing, next day, I got another email from a client <laughs> in Sri Lanka that I'd already set up to run a team building session with. And they said to me, Philip, just to let you know, we're going to be running the seminar in a safari park in Sri wow. Lanka. Wow. <laughs> they said, so would you mind if we split the seminar and added a third day that we actually allowed people to go in the seminar? I said, no, don't do that. Make that part of the training. So I said to people on day one, by the end of day one, think of an issue, organizational issue, in your organization that you need to solve. And then as we go out into nature and see these elephants and giraffes, and not giraffes, but elephants especially, be aware of whatever you see, what message is it giving right. to you? Yeah, that's great. And then on the third day, we, we came back and talked about it. And I never forget the HR manager said, you know, when I watched the mother elephant take care of the young elephant, it suddenly came to me what my role in human resources was. Wow. And she yeah. watched the elephant and taught, got taught by the elephant. So we, we can want things in our life, in our career. <coughs> if we're open enough, they happen. Monday, we need to do more workshops in the outdoors. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, a seminar in Johannesburg by a lake and a seminar in Sri Lanka um, in a safari park. Okay, I'm going to accompany you on all these things. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Sri Lanka. <laughs> I love Sri Lanka. I lived there for two years in the, wow. uh, in, in the 80s. So 70s. cool. So yeah. do, you, do you see the awareness and acceptance <clears throat> of uh, synchronicity having grown since you started becoming aware of it and involved with it? Well, it's interesting, uh, Rob. When you read the book, and both of you will get a copy, um, it caused me to go back in my life and mm. look at what had happened to me in my life mm. that I just took to be luck or chance. I now know them to be synchronicities. Mm. Yeah. So I, I now looked at, for example, I lived in Sri Lanka in 1980 to 82, uh, and I had an incident where I was on the beach, swimming on, uh, off the beach, uh, and suddenly we couldn't get back to the beach and we're in the grips of an undertow yeah, that would have taken us to Africa. A rip wow. Yeah. A riptide. Out yeah. of the blue, a fisherman's boat appeared and dragged me and my friend into the boat and took us back to the shore. Yeah. I saw that to be synchronicity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. so what I think it, it does... Robert, and this is why this is my approach in my masterclass on synchronicity that I teach. 
I get people just to re-examine their lives. So yes, you're right, Rob, that obviously in the last 12 years, I've got a PhD in synchronicity. I teach a masterclass on synchronicity. Uh, I'm much more aware of synchronicity in my life. But mm-hmm. as I go back and examine my life, it, has, it started happening to me early, early on. The earliest synchronicity I can tell you is when I was eight years old. Um, my parents are ministers in the Salvation Army, and we shifted every year to a new place. And I remember very clearly at school, we were doing a geography lesson, uh, and we lived in Devon at the time, waiting for the instructions to move. The geography lesson, we had a book, and inside was a picture of Huddersfield. Didn't think any more about it, but I did remember saying, huh, what if we end up in Huddersfield? The following day, the letter <laughs> came, where we're we going to move to? Where do we move to? Huddersfield. Huh. Now, I was eight years old, didn't know the word synchronicity, but as I reflected back on my life, I think that was my first synchronicity. Jeez. Huh. That's interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to look back through my life. <laughs> I think and that's one of the stories. The, the first part of my book, you will see, Trish, you've read, read my yeah. book, but uh, the first part of it is a, as a chapter just examining my life. Right. How it is that I came to where I came to. Yeah. That's fascinating. What about, what about your wife, Philip? Is she a synchro tractor? <laughs> my wife is a natural synchronizer, whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, and that's my other, another great story. One of my favorite stories is that I, um, I'd known this wonderful woman, Normala, uh, my wife, she's Singaporean, um, for a year or so, and didn't quite know, should I commit? Should we get married? What's the difficulties? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I went to a seminar, personal development seminar here in Singapore, where the songs of John Denver were played loud and clear. Uh, not just country roads, I love country right. roads, uh, but all the meaningful spiritual and, and love songs. And I tell you, they had me in tears, leading me to say very clearly, i got to ask Namala to marry me. I'm very clear about that now. Uh-huh. Now, Friday evening here in Singapore, I was saying, you know, I'd like to say thank you to John Denver. How do I do that? <laughs> do I just write a letter saying, dear John Denver, thank you for asking to America? Didn't think any more about it. Saturday morning, I open the newspaper, John Denver in Singapore next week. Wow. <laughs> I told a friend of mine <clears throat> who'd been at the seminar with me, and she said, oh, interesting. Saturday afternoon, I get a call. You don't know me. My name is Linda. I'm the sales manager in the hotel where John Denver is staying next week. <laughs> I hear you want to get hold of him. Wow. I wrote, I wrote a fax. I wrote a fax. She told me later she had the facts in her hand saying to herself, how do I get hold of John Denver? The lift opened. There was John Denver. Jeez. <laughs> Mr. Denver, I have a letter from you from one of your fans. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday night, John Denver called me at home. Oh, my God. That's a great story. That's oh, incredible. Friday evening, I want to say thank you to John Denver. 48 hours later, he had personally called me. So, yes, my, my, your original question was, is my wife into this? My wife is a wonderful attractor. Um, in our business, we have a great methodology. Uh, yes, I do marketing. But what I regularly do um, is have a list of my current clients 
my wife has the client's list with her and regularly in her morning meditation she thinks through the clients and wishes and hopes that they come to us and have a good time so yes she's absolutely with me we work together on this Here's another question for you, a little different uh, perspective thing. Uh, Emma, I have a question. What was it like talking to him, <laughs> to John? Ah, interesting. I wasn't in. Oh, no. <laughs> so he left a message on my answer phone. Hi, Philip. This is John Denver here. I'm glad my songs work for you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that That's is nice. cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, Rob. So, I didn't so mean to interrupt. Okay. You. What I was going to no, ask no. you about. Is uh, Philip? You grew up in uh, Britain, uh, in England. Yep. And but you've lived thirty years in the East, in Singapore. <clears throat> yeah. Do is there a difference in the uh, Western world, Europe, and the East in terms of awareness and openness to synchronicity? Absolutely, Rob. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I've been 30 years in Singapore and traveling all over Asia. I mean, I've traveled in and taught in 63 different countries, but there's a much stronger openness in those cultures where spirituality is a norm. Right. You know, in the West, we say, whenever you're having discussions, keep religion and uh, politics, politics out of the conversation. Yeah. We split. Whereas what I like to do, and the Asia I find, and the Middle East, more open to this, Rob, where they are willing to think about the spiritual dimension. Don't forget, in, 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 in buildings, when they're building new buildings here in Singapore and the rest of Asia, they bring in somebody, first of all, to say, is the direction of the building in the right place? Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like a feng shui type thing. We have a yeah. wonderful hotel over here to, to the left out of the window where it's got two columns like this and there's a gap in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you ask people, why is the gap in the middle? So that's the, the, the dragon can find its way through. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so, again, there's growing awareness, Rob, in all societies mm-hmm. of the importance of synchronicity. Yeah. But, but I find that there's much more of an open book to consider synchronicity in those cultures where your spiritual beliefs and traditions are are still central to your life. Have you ever been to Nepal? I've been to Nepal once Uh and I was going for a a week's trip. I got dysentery and had to stay only for one day and (laughs) fly out again. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Uh, Because in Nepal, the astrology is actually a function of the government. Uh, it's Ooh, actually yeah. in, uh, and astrology is a part of divina- divination and uh, synchronicity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been a lot to Bhutan. I've done five okay. sessions with the United Nations in Bhutan. In huh. Bhutanese civil service, it is a requirement that you take one week off every year for meditation. Wow. Uh-huh. wow. So your, <laughs> boss, your boss will come to you and say, Trish, you, I see you haven't taken your five days for going to a monastery to meditate. Please do that as soon as possible. Huh. So, so, so I think, yeah, it's... And this is where the beauty of the, the West and the East come together. Yes, we need logic. Uh, West, we are more focused logically. That's changing. Asia, <coughs> I, again, big generalization, more in touch with spirituality, but we need both. Yeah. And so uh, one of my keys 
I think it's key number seven, is head and heart working together. And to me, this like is absolutely that. crucial that so often when, you know, we talk to people in our field, they'll say very often, this is about getting in touch with the heart. Mm -hmm. And I say, no, it's about getting the head and the heart to work together. So often over the last years, we've focused on logic alone and the head, and that's led us to lots of problems. But we do need the head and we do need logic. But if you have the heart and synchronicity focused together, then that's a more effective way of working. Right. Philip, uh, we're coming to the end of our hour, but you just touched on something that I wanted to end with. Uh, <clears throat> And which is about the heart. And could you talk about what the Global Coherence Project is and how does it work in terms of overcoming this current global discord and incoherence we have? I think that's an important point mm -hmm. in a way of uh, ending, mean, wrapping the, the, the Heart Math Institute, right? right. right. Yes, yes. Heart Math Institute, anybody that wants to really understand the heart and its focus and its position in everyday life, go to the Heart Math Institute. What a wonderful organization who've actually studied in great depth what is the heart's position in life globally uh, and individually. Uh, and what they say, and they have very special techniques that they've researched, to bring the heart into coherence, meaning your head and your heart in coherence with the world. <clears throat> and so the Global Coherence Project is about linking people together regularly around the world doing various heart math techniques which will enable <clears throat> harmony to flow more easily. Because they found that when <clears throat> you are in coherence, it leads to leaders making better decisions. So as opposed to being driven by your search for survival and logic alone, they, in their research, and please go to the HeartMath, it's literally HeartMath, all one word, go to their website and you will find incredible white papers and studies on how the heart actually sends more messages to the brain than the brain to the heart. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, and when you're accessing intuition, the heart accesses events in the future a few seconds before the head does. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure my, my dear friends, Roland McCarty and uh, McCarty and, and many other people will, will go along with what I'm saying. Okay. It's the head and the heart working together, which is the future of the world. Do you see this pandemic as having been a trigger for movement? <laughs> I, I hate, Trish, to make any definitive statements about the pandemic because... It's such a place of pain for so many people and so many deaths that I, I notice, and it really annoys me when I see people make easy answers or suggestions uh -huh. about what the pandemic's about. Uh, <clears throat> and my only reply to that is, if you think that's why it's happening, please go and tell that to somebody who's just lost yeah, their parents exactly. or their kids. Or, or Ukraine. Let's talk about Ukraine. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> if we believe that somehow everything that happens is teaching us a lesson. I think part of what COVID was teaching us to be comfortable with death. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at all the articles about COVID over the last two years, 
what is the first thing people go to? How many deaths? Yeah. So everybody's afraid about maybe this will lead to death. And I was too. I had COVID uh, recently and I had a test two years ago. My immediate thought was, am I going to die? Yeah. But how many newspaper or television programs have you seen saying, let's talk about death and what death means? Uh (laughs) So I know the lesson for me with COVID is we're all going to die. And COVID has brought me face to face with coming to grips with that. And the lesson I have come to when facing COVID is, how am I going to live? Am I going to live in fear or am I going to live with hope? But I don't like to make too many glib answers to what's COVID teaching us because it's just so painful for so many people, Trish. But to me, that I think is what it's about. We're all going to die. Let's now begin to really understand. Instead of How can we live more fully? Yes. You know. Yes, yes. Well, Philip, your book, Nine Keys, is just a terrific book. P- please tell people where they can find it, how they can find you, um, well, what they should say to you, <laughs> <laughs> what questions they should ask you. <laughs> uh, my answer would be something around welcome to the journey of life where mystery unfolds every day, which is why I love your program. Um, go to my um, – the best way to find it at the moment because we're still building the website – for the book, but go to phil at philipmary.com. One L in Philip. Uh, you want information about the book, go to phil at philipmary.com. The book will be out end of this month, beginning of next month, uh, and it will trigger a whole new uh, e- era in my life. Uh, it's a really good 72. book. I'm 72 at the moment, uh, and you know, it's kind of people say to me, said to me on Friday, how do you get the energy to keep going? I said, I don't know. Life is a journey. Life's an adventure. I don't think of myself as being a particular age. Yeah, Uh, exactly. So when they approach me, please approach me as (laughs) we are journeying this path together. Uh, And I'll do whatever I can to to give my advice on your particular journey uh, and see what you have to say about mine. Oh, wow. Rob, you got any more questions for no, this guru that, here? That should, uh, <laughs> that should wrap it up. That's very good. Uh, and we'll, well send you, we'll send you, you the link when this goes up mm-hmm. too. Uh, yeah, and I'll, and I'll yeah. send you all the details. Okay. Did you see how this last hour flowed by? Yeah, yeah. It yeah like right. five minutes. Yeah. We've been in the throes and the grip of synchronicity. Yeah. Because when people are connected, and I feel especially connected to you two, you, you are such awesome people in terms of this field. Uh, I feel so comfortable with you. And when you're like that, time doesn't matter. That's true. I've really enjoyed this hour. This has been great. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining the mystical underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening. And stay mystical.
can I can I ask? Can oh I yes, of one course. In? This, Sorry, this John. Be, this might be a, uh, this <laughs> might be an after after uh, <laughs> credits uh, scene. So uh, talking about synchronicities guiding you. Can't and, see you, John. Can, John, can you show oh, your face? Sure, I can. I can. Okay, yep, yeah. I'll turn video. On. Yep. So uh, there he is. Much there better. Is. Much yep. better. Okay. <laughs> so so uh, so talking about synchronicities synchronicities guiding you and uh and you know i've been doing the podcast with uh <laughs> i've been i've been producing the podcast with uh trish and rob for two years now and i don't yeah. think this had ever this question had ever uh had ever come up so I, and i've and i still feel the need to ask it so i think i need to please, ask John, please, so please. so uh so you know there's definitely scientific explanations for deja vu uh is there any connection to deja to that phenomenon, that experience that you've been here, done that? Is that is that a is that a sign of a synchronicity? Is that is that some mm -hmm. some some kind of uh, uh, signal <clears throat> that you're on the right track? Does that make I, sense? So you're specifically, John, talking about deja vu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think to me, I immediately say if I meet a situation or I meet a person where deja vu is there, that definitely says to me, I've experienced this before, uh, and I particularly believe uh -huh. John experienced it before in a previous life. If, if you take the notion, and, and, and if it's coming to you again, it means it's got another lesson to teach you. So not so much as synchronous, well, a past connected, life John, synchronicity, yeah, yeah. So. It's all connected, John. Yeah. Um, remember, I said I, we can overcompartmentalize this. Mm -hmm. uh, all I like to say is, when stuff happens and you feel like you've met the person before, been in the situation before, that's some energy system coming and saying, "Pay attention. Right. There's a lesson I'm about to share with you, uh, and just to reflect on." Key number two for me in my synchronicity, put the dots together. What's happening in your life that means that this has come your way again? And and it is something that I've experienced on a on a regular basis. But go ahead, Trish. Yep. Go ahead. I was gonna say we we started this podcast because you and I had a synchronicity on sure. Instagram. Sure. And the way the way it connects is for months, Rob and I talked about doing a podcast, but we didn't know anything about it. Then one night I'm talking to John about Star Wars. And he goes, hey, you and Rob want to start a, a, a podcast? I thought, wow, <laughs> yes. But John, John, pay, pay so attention, pay attention, John. If mm -hmm. it happens to you regularly around a particular situation, just go deeper mm -hmm. and ask yourself this question. Why is this coming my way just now? Right. Then spend a few moments of mm -hmm. silence or reflection. And the first answer that comes to you will be the answer that uh, you're needing to hear. Yep. And, and yep. John, as I'm saying this, I don't know why, I'm seeing a galloping horse. <laughs> and I'm, see, oh. I'm seeing something which, which says, John, pay attention to letting the energy in your life flow more freely. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Well, and I didn't know if the question made any sense, but yes, but, it I mean, but there, but there is, there is definitely something to uh, that 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 there. It, absolutely, there are points where where been here, done this. Yeah. But yep. obviously, I haven't. So, 
maybe I should be paying attention. I would say you have been there. Mm-hmm. What it's saying to you is there's something more to learn. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So thanks, John. Great question. Right. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that is good. Thank wow, you, that Philip. was great. <laughs> Philip, thank you so much. Okay, I'll get on with my breakfast terrific. now. Enjoy your evening and I enjoy my day here. Thank and you. What a, great way, what a great way to begin the day, Trish, yeah. Robin, John. Thank you so it's much. It's a great way for us to end Have a good it. day. Okay, <laughs> okay. Right. take care. Take care. Have a Bye. Good night. All right. Bye. Bye.